welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen Seitz. And I'm Becky Ford. And we are so glad you have joined us this week on our podcast. Just, yeah, we're grateful for you. Thanks for being here. I had a really terrible week recently on a mental health scale. And since it is Mental Health Awareness Month in May, we decided might as well talk about it. And we'll talk about why talking about it is important. We'll talk about why talking about it is important. (laughs) Oh, my words. Uh, Anyway, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. (laughs) But first, what's on the rise for you, Becky? What's on the rise for me? I might hear about this again. I'm doing my first like face-to-face keynote speech. Yes. Since I don't know, 2018, 2019, obviously nothing happened um, throughout the pandemic. So I'm really excited. It is with an audience that's near and dear to my heart, the Kansas FFA Association. And oh gosh, I have not written an actual like 20 minute keynote speech in a long time. <laughs> and what's really cool, when I think back to when I was in college and I was doing speeches for high schools then, I was always like, ooh, what cool quote can I use? Let's go to Google. Mm, mm-hmm. What's a good example? And now where I'm at in life, I'm like, I have too much content. I'm like, <laughs> I have so many quotes I want to throw in there. Yeah. So many like ideas or concepts. I'm like, no, focus, simplify. <laughs> You're going a totally different track. Focus, focus. So it's like, it's a cool process, yeah. but it's much harder because I feel like I have so many things I would love to talk about and I need to prioritize less is more. And then practicing. Oh, I hate practicing, but I need to do it. So I want to do a really good job. Yes. So I'm grateful for Ash. She's willing to listen to me. Let uh, me practice. Of course, because yes. I assume that someday when I am speaking, you will listen to yes, me. So absolutely. it's only fair. People keep asking, oh, how's On the Rise going? And I'm like, well, Be- Becky is booking gigs right and left. And I'm so <laughs> proud of her. She's crushing it. So We're I'm excited. We, we are. We are a team. Yes. <laughs> uh, what is On the Rise for you? On the Rise for me. Okay, guys, I, I know I keep talking about this wedding, but... I thought it was chaotic before. Whoo. Whoo. Yeah. What's, what's the most recent chaos? Um, okay. So I'm trying to figure out where I rented an Airbnb for mm-hmm. the bridesmaids. Not all the bridesmaids wanted to stay there, which is totally fine. But then uh, the bride decided she wanted them to stay at least the night before the wedding so that we could do the bachelorette party there, which also makes total sense. But now I'm feeling like in this tension of do I make them those bridesmaids pay for uh, the Airbnb for that one night for that one night oh this is like a crucial conversation yeah asking for money uh, my thought is yes if they're going to be there but it's just unfortunate because they have other housing options oh, yeah. they just are staying big anyway so that kind of those kinds of decisions which yeah. I'm not good at making I like to sit in them a long time and now we're like very close to the wedding and I, I just got to decide. You can make it optional. Because all the bills are hitting my credit card oh, no. and I need to, <laughs> I need to make some decisions. Yes. So that's where we're at. I do not envy you for Thank having you. to deal with that. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it's really not that bad. I just, I don't like those kinds of decisions. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to another uncomfortable topic. <laughs> Yay. I was wondering if you're going to segue with that. <laughs> Here I am. Segway queen. All right. Why talking about mental health matters? I mean, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so these things go across the month, across all conversations about mental health. I, I thought of four reasons, Becky, you can chime in with others if you think of them. Um, one is end the stigma. End the idea that there's something 
intrinsically wrong with you if you are struggling mentally, if you have uh, emotional issues, if you have disorders, and that feeling of I am wrong, something about me is wrong if you are struggling. Let's end that. Second thing, the worst parts are what you tell yourself inside. And if you don't talk about it, then no one can tell you you're wrong. Mm, I I think a lot of us, our internal monologue when we're struggling with mental health issues, it, we tell ourselves lies. And even if we know intellectually that they're lies, it, it's still really hard to contradict it because (laughs) you believe yourself and you believe how you feel in that moment. And if you don't say it out loud, then no one can be like, uh, excuse me? No, you are not worthless. You are not ridiculous. You are not over the top. You're not, you know, whatever it is that you're telling yourself, let someone contradict it mm-hmm. and your good friends will and the good people in your life. Just Ash saying that makes me think of, I mean, really you and Tristan are like mm-hmm. two people I can be very vulnerable with. And there are those moments where I think I'm not good enough. I suck at this, blah, blah, blah. And that makes a huge difference. Cause you're right somehow you can go down that spiral of like such a negative inner monologue and 99.9% of the time it's not true. Yeah. Cause in your mind you have all this proof to back it up. You have all this proof that you are going to feel awful for the rest of your life because you, you, in that moment you remember feeling awful mm-hmm. your whole life up until that point or you, you know, whatever it is that you're telling yourself, you have all this proof to back it up. And then when someone else looks at it, they're like, um, you are only, thinking about 2% of your life. Yeah. Here's the other 98%. Let me remind you. Yeah. So communicating that so that people can help you with that. Three, honesty about how you're doing in all facets of life will help you move forward. This is, this is not easy, Mm -hmm. but mental illness, mental health is just a part of our lives. Spiritual health is a part of our lives, emotional health, physical health. It's where a whole person made up of all of these different parts. And if we're able to be honest about where we are and what we're dealing with, it'll help you move forward. Now, I'm not saying it will get easier. (laughs) That is not a thing that I'm saying, but it will help you move forward. I don't know. You have any thoughts about that? What came in my mind is just understanding the why, like Mm -hmm. understanding why I feel this way. doesn't mean that it's easier. Like for example, (laughs) Uh, after having a child and having to like not work out for six weeks and being sleep deprived, it didn't make it easier. But I, if I stood back and reflected, why do I feel so crummy right now? Yeah. It's because I got three hours of sleep and I love to work out and I can only go on walks and I feel tired. And so it doesn't make it easier necessarily to tackle, but it makes at least that thinking of that scenario, it made me feel more grace for myself, more compassion for myself. I know we talked to Ronnie about that because I can look at the reality of the season I'm in yeah, and know that my physical side is lacking or, um, my relationship, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so that, that's just understanding the why can allow us to be more compassionate for ourselves, give yeah. ourselves grace and, or figure out what the real problem is. Yeah. So I love that. That's a great point. And fourth, I mean, this kind of goes with ending the stigma, but it's validating the feelings of others. That's a that's a big part of why talking about mental health matters. I have had quite a few people approach me and say, thank you so much for talking about your mental health on the podcast. And I'm like, absolutely, because I want other people to know that they're not alone, first of all. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that 
everyone is having a rough time at some point or another. And I want them to know that it's, it's not something wrong with them. Yeah. I did an interview, a podcast interview. It's only in Elenco. Sorry, everybody can't listen. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've interviewed four leaders around well-being. And the last one I interviewed, she talked about how she struggled with depression for the last, I think it was 10 or 15 years mm. and how important it's been to see a counselor. Yeah. And after our podcast, I was just like, thank you so much for like being vulnerable and telling people this because people look at this leader and they see this person who's ranked high and they're so competent and competent. And you would just, a lot of people be shocked to hear that, but she is like thriving because she is focused on what she needs, understanding why do I feel this way, going to seek, you know, a counselor's help, that type of stuff. Um, so I was just so grateful that she was speaking to her experience and, once again, getting rid of that stigma, you can still be, I'm not going to cuss, but like (laughs) a total BA, awesome, uh, career woman or mother or father, you can be amazing and, and still have mental health issues. Like that stigma that if you have depression or if you have anxiety or something like that means that you can't function well, like there, that's not necessarily and, and I would be curious if you agree with that. That doesn't, yeah. that's, that's, um, a stereotype. Like that doesn't mean that that's what you're stuck in forever. Yeah. Um, and I know one of the things we talked about in our well-being training is there's mental wellness and there's mental health mm. and you can have a mental, um, so mental health, you can have a mental illness, mm-hmm. but you can still be mentally well because mentally well means how are your relationships? How do you deal with resil- How resilient are you? Um, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? That type of stuff. And you could have no mental illness and you could be mentally unwell. Yeah. Um, because you're lacking in some of those areas. Maybe I just went down. No, that was great. No, I, I loved it. I think some of what you're talking about is in the what's in my control and what's not in my control Mm -hmm. and mental wellness feels much more in control, in my control than mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I was talking with some friends last night and we were talking about the ridiculous cycle that is medication, mm. um, medication for mental illness and how you take one and it gives you a side effect. So you take one for, you know, that side effect and that gives you a side effect and you just mm. keep going. And then eventually your body is so used to not making serotonin or not making whatever it is that you need that it just stops altogether. And so you are then dependent on the medication. And we were, we were talking about, you know, like the ridiculous methods that they used to use to treat mental illness, including shock therapy and lobotomies and those kinds of things. And I, one of them said, that's, that's crazy. Why would you do that? And then I said, you know what, if it would cure me tomorrow for the rest of my life, I would do it. Mm-hmm. I would do it. And the other two were like, eh, okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that feels completely outside of my control. I, I have to make decisions around it still, mm-hmm. even though it feels out of my control. I have to decide, am I going to take this drug? Am I going to try something new? Am I going to take a drug for that uh, symptom or side effect? Or am I just going to live with it? Like those things, I can't control the outcomes. Mm-hmm. I can just work toward the best possible solution. Yeah. And maybe the best possible solution is not that great. Like it's possible. Yeah. And but mental wellness, I can put my effort into. I can say, okay, I am in control of this, at least mostly. And mm-hmm. maybe, yes, mental illness does play into my mental wellness. 
but I can find ways to work around that or at least to minimize the damage. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love that. Okay. Okay. Those are the reasons to talk about it. Yes. Wow. We haven't even talked about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's how my week went. Um, it started with a downward spiral. I, I will talk about this kind of toward the end, but I don't really know on, upon reflection what came first, the chicken or the egg, the, uh, the anxiety or the dep- depression. But I landed in some pretty serious depression for three to four days, and it, it just got worse and worse and worse over those three or four days. And it, I didn't know what to do about it because I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know why I was feeling the way I was. I didn't even know if it was anxiety or depression, but it felt like depression. I felt like I couldn't function. I did. I just didn't really know what to do. None of my tricks of the trade, I guess you would say, mm. were working. Um, I was doing the things that I knew were healthy for me. I was going to the gym. I was, you know, reading books. I was get, trying to give myself grace and it just wasn't happening or like nothing was changing, I guess is really what I'm trying to say. So that was the, the downward spiral. And then it turned into like the depression kind of lifted and it turned into two to three days of intense anxiety, which is not fun. I don't know how many of our listeners have experienced that. It's not a good time. And then sometime on, so I think it's, it started on Saturday night and then the next Sunday morning, it just was gone, just mm. gone. And I would say I was maybe back to 90% of myself by Sunday afternoon. And, and what I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea what happened. I, I tried to figure it out. I tried to assess, did I do anything differently? Am I eating differently? Am I working out differently? Am I, what's, what on earth is happening? <laughs> and even after the fact, I still don't know. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough week. And I think to define rough, I would say depression and a a weight and a heaviness. So, so heavy that it felt painful, like physically painful. And when my depression becomes physically painful, I, I, it's really hard to function. I mean, imagine if your actual physical pain is really high, you've injured yourself or something and you're trying to continue to function through that pain. And it's just really difficult. It's hard to think because your brain wants you to stop. Your brain wants Mm -hmm. you to to rest and breathe and deal with the pain. And so it was just incredibly difficult to, to even get myself going, to have conversations, to communicate with anyone. Um, And then once the anxiety hit, it was like, I am amped all day. <laughs> I don't Aww. know how to calm down. And I'm anxious about things that I don't need to be anxious about. And I, I don't know why. So that's for me, that was kind of what that looked like. Did that make sense? Would yeah. you? Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. So that was, that was what the week sort of looked like. And then, um, I would say the biggest issue was the communication struggle for me. So again, when you feel like you're in pain, actual physical pain, it's really hard to formulate thoughts. It's hard to say what you need. It's hard to say, you know, why you're not able to do what you're supposed to be doing. You know, my uh, teammates and my bosses were very gracious and very kind, but they were like, okay, we need you to tell us what you need from us. And I was like, I, 
don't know. Mm. I don't know. I think I need you to leave me alone. <laughs> Is yeah. that an option? <laughs> like, And they were like, okay, but we need to know what work you need us to take from you or whatever, which is very kind. But I was like, I've, uh, I don't even know what I do for a living. Like that's the level of chaos yeah. in my brain right now. So communication struggles and then also communicating with friends of saying, you know, something beyond I am not doing well. <laughs> Cause then they're like, what do you mean you're not doing well? I'm like, well, I'm not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not functioning. I can't use words. So I think the communication struggle was the hardest part of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you experienced my communication over that week. It's interesting because not too long ago we did the podcast on communicating your needs. Mm. And one of them that we talked about in there is not knowing. Yeah. Like it's hard sometimes to communicate because you don't know what you need. And as a, as a friend who got to experience some of that, the big thing going through my mind was asking what you can do, making sure they know you're there, but at the same time, like not assuming this is what they want and doing things mm-hmm. that they don't, haven't asked for. <laughs> and, and so I know that there's a couple times when, you know, I just called check in, like, how are you doing? And, uh, yeah, I think the hardest part, and I'm sure your coworkers felt this way too. They actually had like work they could help you with. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what I could help you with. Uh, but it's like, it's hard to not be able to fix something like that. Yeah. And you just for me, it's like, just want you to know that I'm here. Yeah. If you do figure out what you need and I can help, please let me know. Yeah. And I know we went for a walk one night and that was, that was nice. Yeah. Apparently my child doesn't like you pulling the wagon, <laughs> but I'll pull the wagon for the whole two mile I am walk. Untrustworthy <laughs> as a wagon puller. He cried. He <laughs> cried anytime she tried to pull him in the wagon. So I yeah. got to work out. It's good. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'll talk at, toward the end about how others can help. And I think everything you did is on the list. So your reactions to my lack of communication were great. Um, yeah. Before we get to that though, let's talk about uh, continue kind of that experience, my experience of the week. One of the things that you get a lot of, if you are honest about how you're doing and if you're not doing well, you get a lot of questions and to a certain extent, It's helpful because people want to know what you need and they want to know how you're doing and if it's, you know, if they can help. I think what I experienced a lot of was people expecting me to have an answer. I don't think you expected me to have an answer and not everyone does, but I, it felt like my work people were like, tell me what we can take off your plate. Like, no, like actually tell, go tell me what, what can I, what can I take off your plate? I'm like, I don't, I don't have an answer. I will just get done the things that absolutely have to get done. And then I can't think beyond that. Mm-hmm. So have, having all of those questions coming at you at once can be exhausting. If you feel like an ex- answer is expected. Um, people often ask, you know, do you know what this, what it's coming from? Do you know, did you change your medication? That's the, that's a very common question. And I, whenever people ask me that, I usually feel like, well, guys, if I changed my medication, don't you think I would have told you that? Like if I started off this conversation with, I am not doing well, my next sentence would be, I changed medication and it's a struggle. (laughs) Um, So I think all of the questions, it can be overwhelming, but it just depends on the attitude in which they are asked. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if you leave freedom, yeah, we'll get to this, but if you leave freedom for me to say, I don't know, you leave freedom for someone to say, uh, no, I don't have a response to you or I'll get back to you or whatever that is so that there's no pressure to respond. That's helpful. And then the next thing I, I wrote down about that week is just trying to function through it, trying to function through the feelings, the depression, the weight. Uh, work, like I said, was was almost impossible, but I did I did the things that had to be done. Um, I delegated a few things that needed to be written because I wasn't confident in my ability to write with the right pathos. Is that it? Ethos? Yeah. Pathos. I can never remember which one's which. I think so. <laughs> now I'm questioning. <laughs> the right feelings. I yeah. wasn't confident that they would come through. So work was a struggle. Life tasks basically didn't happen. Um, laundry, cooking, those kinds of things basically just didn't happen at all. Uh, the gym, a couple of times I went to the gym because I knew it was what I needed to do and then got there and was like, uh, no. This is not happening. I can't. I cannot do the workout. I cannot do. I think one night it was uh, thrusters and thrusters make me anxious anyway. And so I started warming up and I was like, Mm-mm, I'm out. <laughs> like, just remember. no, that was the night I rode the bike and then went for a run and then rode the bike yeah. again. So the gym trying to function through that. And then a large part of that is not wanting to entirely rely on others. I'm okay with people doing things for me sometimes, but it is a struggle to just say, okay, can you cook for me? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you take my job? Can it, it, it wears down on you and it actually can sometimes add to the depression if you feel like you're failing on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Now that is a lie. We all need help. We all need things, especially when we're going through a rough time. But in that moment, it can feel really difficult to convince yourself that it's okay for people to take things on for the week. And I think one of the aspects of that is <laughs> for me, I tend to tell myself I'm never going to get better. I'm always going to feel like this. And especially like the longer it goes, the more it feels like, uh, well, I guess this is my life now. Mm. <laughs> and so I don't want to rely on other people to get things done if I'm just going to have to function like this for the rest of my life. And so I think that's a big, a big part of not wanting to, to burden others. And then, uh, yeah, waiting it out can be pretty excruciating, can be rough. And for me, that's usually what I need to do. I just have to wait it out. And that's what I did. And then slowly returned to a balance or a, a more balanced feeling and managing my anxiety, man managing my depression, coming back to what I would consider close to normal by the end of the week. And yeah, I still don't know if it was if it started with anxiety or depression or both, um, they can really trigger each other. So I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Thoughts or questions before I move on? Being being someone who is a friend, I yes. think this next part, how can others help, is probably what a lot, maybe, you know, I think there's people listening who are maybe one side or the other. Yeah. You might be going through a difficult time right now or you might be a friend of someone. And so we're either wondering, I think one, do other people feel like this? Which yeah. you sharing this story, your story, this experience mm -hmm. enables others to relate and know they're not alone. I know yeah. we've talked about that before. And then two, for those friends, family, knowing how can I best help? That's that's I appreciate that you're going to go into that as well. Yeah, I do think about 
relationships and even just a spouse or significant other. And Tristan and I have talked about this before. There are just seasons where one person is struggling yeah. and, and we're talking about, uh, wanting to not rely on others. And mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I will do this. You, I want you to be happy. I want you to get the rest you need or whatever it might be. And, uh, so being, uh, open about that and in those relationships, friends, partners, family members, um, understanding that it it all, like, that's going to be probably me someday, or, uh, like I'm going to be in a deep rut and need, I'm going to rely on you more. Um, so I know it probably feels like this is this forever, but someday you might be that person helping someone else out. You probably will be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Let's talk about how others can help. And I would like to say that I made this list purely based on what others did for me that week. So this is an example of, I'm not saying like, Oh guys, you should have done this. I'm saying people did this and it was helpful. Um, so shout out to all of my friends for being helpful, for being encouraging. Um, telling me I'm going to get through it, those kinds of things. So, all right, let's talk about it. Um, I already touched on this somewhat, but ask questions, but leave freedom not to answer. Leave leave freedom to say, and, and that, that can look like, uh, if you're going to ask about medication, you're going to ask about causes, just saying, hey, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but do you know what's happening? Or do you want to talk about what's happening? Do you want to talk about what's causing this? And then I have the freedom to say, no. No, thank you. Yeah. I would like to move on. Yeah. I don't know what's causing this. I just, you know, it's not going to be helpful. So asking that a question, but leaving that room to say, do you want to talk about it or not talk about it? Mm -hmm. Um, and then something that you can kind of take that a step further as, and saying, or asking your questions after the fact. So if you didn't know what to do in that season in that situation in that whatever say afterwards say okay we seem to have moved past this I don't feel like I didn't really know how to support you what do you want and when that happens I mean one of my friends from the gym literally said that she she came up to me and said hey next time this happens I hope it doesn't happen again but if it does what's the best thing for me to do yeah and that is so encouraging to know, especially as you're coming out of something, coming out of a situation that someone is, I mean, it can, I guess, in some ways feel a little bit depressing of like, well, we're all planning on this happening again. Oh. But but mostly it feels kind because it's, it's a recognition that someone wants to be there for you and wants to help. And you already know that if something like this happens again, someone is planning on being there for you and they've thought ahead about it. Yeah. And that's really helpful. Um, next thing, don't overreact. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty terrible being in that situation, being in a feeling of, um, you know, do I want my life to end? Do I not want to keep living? Do, am I going to feel this awful for the rest of my life? Like it can be really terrible, but most for, for most of us, we do just have to get through it. Mm-hmm. We have to get through that worst season so that we can continue doing the work that we've been doing to move ourselves out of that rhythm. And so I think expressing a feeling of you're going to get through this, not in a like false optimism, like you're fine, you're going to be great. Um, But knowing, okay, this is not a huge deal because we're going to get through this. 
and we're going to be able to talk about it afterwards. So feel what you need to feel, do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You need to cry on the gym floor, go for it. Um, and that's another thing you, you did. You just let it happen. <laughs> I, I, I do think of that moment where Nicole and I yeah. were there and I was like, yeah, in those moments, I w- I would not want someone to overreact. And yeah. you said, you said, no, just keep going. Yeah. So I was like, okay, <laughs> we'll just keep going. And hopefully, you know, you laugh at us yeah. or we can bring some humor <laughs> as you watch us do these movements. And it did help like sitting there and just watching you continue to do life. Eventually I felt better. Mm-hmm. Um, I side note, I just, there are many, many social media posts about places where people have had anxiety attacks or like emotional meltdowns in public. And, it, you know, they'll just like post TikTok or, or Instagram reels of here. I've done this here. I've done this here. I've done this here. And it's rough. It sucks to be out in public and be like, I can't control this. And it will actually harm me more if I try to. Yeah. So I'm just going to experience it. Yeah, sure. Everybody watch. Go for it. Like, yeah. <laughs> here I am on you know, on stage for you to watch. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that's, that's at least, really a side at note. least in that scenario, it was most people had left. Yes. That was yeah. Good. It was just a few people. Yeah. It's true. And, and I think going along with the don't overreact is being patient and, you know, not rushing the process, not saying, okay, do you feel better today? Or let's get you out of this. Let's, let's just handle this situation. Um, but being clear that it won't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just comes down to communication saying, yeah, I'm so sorry you're feeling this way. Let's just keep moving until it's, until it passes, until you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes hand in hand with asking, you know, what can I do, but freedom not to answer. Um, so yeah, just being, being very patient and showing grace even if the person is not showing grace to themselves or being patient, that can be a big deal. Um, next, suggest practical things and clear options. I think this is something you did great. You asked for a while, you know, what can I do or tell me any, if I can do anything? And then you, you said, okay, why don't you come over and we'll go for a walk? And that was like, oh, okay, I can do that. I can do this specific thing that she is suggesting at this specific time. And, but I had the freedom to say, no, I could have Mm -hmm. said, no, thank you. I am not up for that. But it was a clear option that I didn't really have to think about. And I, I, that goes for, um, like when you did call me to check in, I could have, I could have not answered and I would have been, I would have known that you would have been fine with that, but I did answer because I wanted to, and that was helpful. Mm -hmm. So doing those or offering those suggestions or offering those kind of points of connection that are optional, but they are specific enough that I don't have to make a decision about it. Mm. That's helpful. And then lastly, my, on my list is offer to just sit if it's helpful. Um, one, one of my gym friends, uh, actually several of my gym friends kind of did this differently. Saw me clearly not doing well either on the gym floor or in the parking lot or in my car or (laughs) multiple places and just said, Hey, do you want, you know, do you want me to sit here? Do you want me to sit with you? Do you want, do you want company? Uh, And most of the time I know that it's not going to help necessarily. And so I'm like, no, you do, you do your life. You keep going because I want you to do your life and I'll be okay. Um, But it is, it's really nice to have someone else offer to just, be there. And if you don't, you know, if you don't know what you need, 
that can be a really helpful thing of saying, okay, you're here with me. I'm not alone. Even if it's for 10 seconds, um, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Questions so far? Thoughts? Those are really my, my top suggestions. I, I think they sound great. The one that probably stands out to me the most because it's a knee jerk reaction is the, um, don't overreact. Like I Mm. think a lot of times as a friend or the, the person who cares about the other person who's going through this challenging um, time, you want to fix it. You want to like, and a lot of what you said, like, how do we get through this? What do we do? Yeah. Um, do you need, like, do you need help? Do you need me? Like, and so I know I don't like it when people overreact Mm. when things happen to me. Um, so I think that's a big one, like listening to this list that you shared, it's not thinking about what would I want necessarily, but thinking about like, what would this person want and not necessarily responding in the emotions I have, Mm -hmm. but thinking about their emotions. Um, like my emotion might be like, I want to fix this. How do I like, that might be what I'm compelled to do, but that's not necessarily what you want. Yeah. That's a great point. I think. Most of the time, if someone is struggling with mental illness, it has zero to do with you. Mm -hmm. It is all them. And that's so that's a great thing to bring up of like how you (laughs) I might perceive you as being frustrated with me, no matter what you're actually feeling. And so my my emotional struggle is really not based on reality. It's based on what's going on in my head, what's going on in my body. And so, yeah reacting from your emotions is not, it's not only not helpful, but it's just not even like, it's it's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so, I mean, obviously I want my friends to communicate their emotions to me. If they're frustrated that I'm not communicating, uh, one of my friends did communicate, did say, you know, we haven't communicated this week and we've had things to communicate about like actual tangible plans that needed to be communicated about. And we didn't, and I know you've been depressed, but that's frustrating. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Thank you for telling me what can I do differently next time? Because I don't know that I can guarantee that I will be able to communicate perfectly next time, but I want to try. So yeah, communicating your emotions if you have needs, but not basing your reaction on your emotions. That's a great, that's a great thought. Sometimes I have good thoughts. Oh, come on. Sometimes. Frequently you have good thoughts. Okay. Last section. If this is you, if you are experiencing mental illness, if you're struggling, uh, I just have four thoughts for you. One, please don't give up. I know it can feel impossible. It can feel like this is the end of the world, the end of you, but please don't give up. Reach out for help. Reach out to a professional. Reach out to your friends and say, I, I need you to help me. I don't know how, but I need you to at least come sit with me. Don't want to be alone. I had, uh, two friends who consistently texted me each day that I was said I wasn't doing well. And they said, do you need to not be alone today? Because I will drop everything and come over. And at no point did I feel like, mm, yeah, I probably need to not be alone today, but, um, it can, it can happen. And mm-hmm. so just making sure that you have those people and that you're not afraid to tell them that you're at that point. Mm-hmm. So don't give up, please. To keep doing the work. Ugh. <laughs> sound excited about that one. <laughs> so excited. So I would just say when you're in a good season, don't, don't slack off. 
because if you keep doing the work in the good seasons, you're going to progress in the difficult seasons. So don't give up on the work either, even if you're feeling good. It's Mm -hmm. hard. It's hard to go to counseling. It's hard to have a psychiatrist. It's hard to keep taking care of yourself, but try. It's really hard when you feel good to keep doing those things, but it'll move you forward in the rough times. Three, give yourself grace even when others don't. Um, I am incredibly blessed. Most of the people in my life give me enormous amounts of grace. If I say I'm depressed, they're like, okay, I'll take this off your plate. I'll do this. I'll do whatever. Um, And it's fine. It's, you know, acting like it is fine, not like, oh, gosh, how are we going to handle this thing? Mm -hmm. Um, And so they give me grace, and I'm so grateful for that. But that's not always true. That's not always the case. And so just remember that forcing yourself to continue to function is probably not going to help. It's not going to help you get better faster. Um, And just remember that you're okay the way you are. It's okay to be where you are. And even if it's really painful, it will pass. So remember that. And then kind of along those lines, do what you can. So do what you can to continue functioning. But if you're like, I just can't, don't. It, It probably won't help you to try to make yourself do what you feel like you literally cannot do. It will probably make things worse. So do what you can. That is a... Great list. I love that we ended with, um, if this is you yeah, and some, some tips and reminders there. Also, I love that we talked through what people did for you that you appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those folks who maybe if this isn't you struggling with uh, mental health, uh, right now, uh, you know how to best support those around you who might be in, uh, one of these situations or, um, seasons of life. It's, it's mental health awareness month. Uh, mm. even though the month of May is mental health awareness month, it doesn't mean that we stop talking about it mm. or keeping in mind, how do we best support those in our lives and ourselves when we have these type of experiences. And so I, I just want to close by saying thank you to Ash. Mm. As she mentioned, um, it's hard for people to talk about these struggles and it's very vulnerable And we appreciate you opening up about it because it helps others out there know you're not alone. This is actually very common for people to experience these things, anxiety, depression, stress, burnout, all of that stuff. Um, And so we hope this was helpful for you. We will continue to open up about those difficult things to talk about in life. Um, If you need help or um, just want to connect, feel free at any point. You can send us a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, we are here for you. On the Rise Group on the rise group there it is go find it if you're not already following it thank you guys so much for joining us until next time bye bye bye